and welcome back to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And joining me to talk all things Arsenal, Calvin's here. Good morning. How are you? And how is the weather in Ireland today? Oh, good morning, Steve. You're asking the important questions uh, this fine Sunday morning. It was sunny uh, when I got up, which was, you know, I actually assumed was just going to start becoming a thing. Three points, Sunday morning podcast, sunshine and lovely stuff. But uh, yeah, it's gone a bit shit, but I'm all good. Um, obviously, look, it's hard not to be uh, after watching that fantastic Arsenal performance yesterday. And Liam joins us as well. Liam, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Yeah, a bit of a late addition this this week. Wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Weather is shining over here at the moment. The sun is shining. Um, although it's meant to get absolutely dreadful later on. So I think I'll get Kelvin's Irish weather a bit later. But as he says, can't complain after yesterday. It was a fantastic day, wasn't it? It was a fantastic weekend all round. Arsenal won. Tottenham lost. Liverpool blew a 2-0 lead. City lost. Did I miss anything? No, I think that's about oh, it. Watford lost. Watford lost. That, that was always nice. I don't like Watford. Is that because <laughs> yeah. of what's his face? Oh, you know, Troy. Is it Troy Deeney? He's Troy like, Deeney, mostly. Yeah. Mostly because of him. Yeah. Fair. Here we are celebrating Spurs losing and Arsenal winning. And Liam's like, oh, yes, Watford lost. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate fun pettiness coming out within yeah. him. He's oh, like, uh, Troy Deeney's Troy at Birmingham City now, you know? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't like them either, mostly for the Eduardo thing, but you know. I don't like them either. Going back to yesterday, it was a fantastic uh, day around for the Arsenal. Um, it was a game in which, like, going into it, I wasn't particularly confident based on, you know, how inconsistent we are. There's always that kind of hope. It's the hope that kills you, right? And mm. um, a part of me, it might have been the beer, I found like, yeah, we could win today. Um, but at the same time, I think many, many of us would have taken a draw. What, what I really wanted yesterday was a performance. Obviously, you want the win and we got the win. It was fantastic. But I really wanted a good performance. That's what I really wanted from the team. And you know what? Fair play to him and fair play to Otter. He got it right. I thought the team were fantastic yesterday. Um, first half, we started so well. We took the game to him. Two early goals. You know, Leicester obviously came back into the game like we knew they would. Um, Ramsdale made a fantastic save, which we'll come on to. Um, second half, obviously, you know, we, we, we rode the storm a little bit. And, you know, there was a few little moments where you thought, oh, God, you know, are they going to get back into it? But, you know, we, we, we did what we had to do and, you know, going away from home, keeping the clean sheet against, you know, a good opposition. Um, you know, what's not to love? Calvin, I'll come to you first, mate. What are your thoughts on, on everything about yesterday? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to, you know, swear away from all the, all the stuff you just said there. I mean, going into the game, I think, yeah, like you... <laughs> I mean, look, you always get those pre, that, that pre-match optimism um, on game day, uh, just, you know, thinking that we might be able to get the win or three points or whatever it is that we're looking to do on that particular day. But, um, you know, I think the inconsistencies definitely made me feel slightly apprehensive. But then I'm not, you know, I don't usually try and get too hell-bent on, on starting lineups or anything like that. But when it came out yesterday, I think to see Arteta go with the side he did, which performed so well against uh, Villa at home, it was nice to see us take that approach into the away game against Leicester because one of the things that you know particularly that I always want to see is you know let's focus on our game uh, let's take the game to the opposition uh, and at that level of you know football in you know the elite league Premier League in the world you should be able to adapt to other you know other teams tactics uh, on the fly within the game that's what they're paid the big bucks for but you know what I'm trying to say there is you know I want us to take the game to, to opposition I felt that Something, you know, which we've spoken about previously is a trend. We start very well. Um, but lately, it seems to be that we can start well and actually continue to, you know, put the pressure on. Uh, and we're getting the rewards uh, for, for those high-intensity starts, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, like you said, I mean, it was just a great day. Um, you know, obviously, you were lucky enough to be at the ground there yesterday as well. Very jealous of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It was just a you know a fantastic performance from us yesterday. Um, I'm going to waffle too long. Come on, Liam. What, what did you think then, Liam? Um, so, yeah, so quick caveat just for you guys now, obviously, but for the listeners, I didn't actually watch the game live. Uh, I had my own match, so I've only caught up on it this morning. Um, I, I pretty much fully agree with you guys. I thought defensively we were really, really sound. Uh, we were clinical when we went forward, um, especially in that first 25 minutes or so, we looked really threatening. And that's something I've not always said about Arsenal teams in recent years. 
Um, but just to echo in on, on what you said there, Calvin, about the team selection, I thought it, we were fantastic against Villa, but Villa have had a, a relatively poor start to their season. So I was quite interested to see how this same team does a next level up because Leicester are a very good side. They've, they have a bad start to the season, but they've picked up form recently. And it was interesting to see that that Villa game wasn't a fluke, that we've managed to take that same team and perform to the same level against an even better side. So that was really pleasing to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. Obviously, they've just come off the back of Frasher Man United a few weeks ago. So you knew there was going to be goals in it. Um, and I thought, you know, credit to the defence and Aaron Ramsdale, who you know, kept him out for, for 90 minutes. Um, that 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 partnership with Gabriel White, it's really sort of, you know, starting to blossom. Um, there were a few red flags over Ben White when he first joined um, early on in the season, but I really feel like he's coming on. I know we mm. talk about Gabriel, he was fantastic yesterday, but also credit to Ben White, I really like him. I also really like how those guys sort of make those runs into the midfield. Um, which gives us a kind of a different dynamic. Um, Nuno Tavares, I thought he was phenomenal coming in. Um, I said to Calvin pre pre podcast that like you know the biggest compliment you know you, well not the biggest one of the biggest compliments you can give to players is like if they come in and, and fill you know a big role in the team and it's hardly noticeable. You know you've got to give them credit where credit's due. Um, I don't I don't think we necessarily miss Tierney. Um, obviously you know he's he's a more experienced of the two, but I, I thought you know, for a young man inexperienced. Um, I thought he was fantastic yesterday. Um, Aaron Ramsdale, wow. Just save after save. You, you guys are both goalkeepers. Uh, so I guess you'd be best to assess you know, his performance. Yeah, I, honestly, watching it back, I know the scoreline, obviously, as I was watching it back, and I still was thinking, fucking hell, have Leicester not scored here? <laughs> I was genuinely convinced at times that Leicester were going to score, even though I know the result, that like... That that's just how good Ramsdale was yesterday, and I'll let you take it away, Kelvin, with the with the details. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd, I think Aaron Ramsdale deserves his whole you know segment for this particular podcast. To be honest, um, just just before I go on to him, I mean, you mentioned um, you know Ben White, um, you know, really performing well again yesterday alongside Gabriel. He was you know outstanding, uh, you know, fantastic goal and obviously a clean sheet. That's you know doesn't get much better for a defender in that regard, I guess. But um, you know, we touched on Ben White at the start of the season struggling. I think that was because you know he was playing with different goalkeepers, different centre halves, different right back. That you know, there was no consistency to the starting eleven or the partnerships that he could develop at that time. And I think if you look over the last few weeks, you know, our, our defense has been a solid unit. We know what we're going with, which is I don't know about you guys, but I feel incredibly, you know, you know, grateful for that. It makes me feel more relaxed going into games that, you know, you kind of know what you're getting with our defence at the minute. I mean, number of clean sheets, that always helps. So I think it's only natural now that, you know, you don't go and spend, you know, 50 plus million on a defender without, you know, him being half decent. I know you've got the English tax on top of that, but we're starting to see why we bought him. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, Nuno Tavares and, you know, like, you know, we did discuss it just before we came on and, you know, we're saying about Tierney, he's not being missed. And, you know, the question that I pose is, you can't, it's hard to see, not, I mean, look, I'm not going to say this, it's, it's black and white as it might sound, but it's hard to see Tierney getting straight back in the starting eleven as long as Tavares, you know, stays uh, performing at the level he is. I don't think, um, you know, Tierney would come straight back in, especially if you look at his form pre-injury. Um, you know, so it's not as if, Tierney's been missed. I just think Tavares is fearless. The guy's just got an unbelievable engine. Um, and some of the marauding runs that he did yesterday, there was one in particular where I think it was in the first half where he you know, took it from the left, came inside and then created a good chance for us. So, I mean, if he continues the way he is, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, you only rewind 12 months ago, Kieran Tierney for all of us was one of our best players. You know, we're all talking about him being, you know, our future Arsenal captain. Um, it's funny how things, you know, how quickly things can change in football. Um, as we know all too well. But then Ramsdale, um, crikey. Um, it's it's going to be spoken about to death. It already has been, but there's a reason for that. That save, I mean, it's it's as good as celebrating a goal. I celebrated that like a goal yesterday because it was just incredible. Uh, the athleticism to to hang in the air, but it was also the, the strength in the wrist. When you're at full stretch like that, big dive, you know, is pretty fucking high. Um 
to then be able to turn that ball onto the crossbar. Yes, he got some luck on, on the rebound for sure. I thought he actually saved the rebound, but it actually came off the post, off his knee, then nearly went in. But, um, you, you, you know, keep, you know, Kasper Michael's playing and his dad's come out during the game saying it's one of the best saves he's seen in years. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and I said a few weeks ago, I think after the Tottenham game, when he made an incredible save, that that was near enough the final nail in the coffin for Bernd Leno as Arsenal's number one. I think, you know, he's been brilliant since then, but that yesterday is, that's it. It's, it's not even a conversation anymore. Aaron Ramsdale is coming. He's blown us all away. You know, he's really... Um, you know, turn those doubters around, which that pleases me more than anything. I think, to be honest, you always got to give a new sign in the chance, but it was just unbelievable. Um, it, you know, it, it defies description, it defies gravity. Um, Aaron Ramsdale was absolutely superb yesterday. We talk about that one save in the first half, which I actually missed annoyingly. Um, because surprise, surprise, it was right before half time, and I'd nip down for a beer, <laughs> which I'm sure surprises you all, listeners. Um, I'm not surprised on this, by the way, yeah. in, in, in any realm. <laughs> yeah, because you text me saying he made some good, he made a good, great save, and I thought you meant, you know, like he, he had the goal kick, mm. and it came out to them, and they had the mm. shot, and he, he just tips it around. And I thought you meant that. And I thought, yeah, it was a good save. Didn't see that. Uh, didn't see the one. That was uh, a great save as well. Yeah. By the way. Mm. But even the second half, he made some fantastic saves. Um, I just wanted to go back actually. What you mentioned about uh, the Nuno Tavares and Tierney. You know what, I think, like, if you look back to last season, Tierney didn't really have a full guy. There was no one behind him. So his place was like, it, it's yours, you know, mm. regardless of performance. And to be fair to me, he was, he was on top form. So maybe this is what he needs. He needs someone to come in who's doing mm. a good job and it's going to kick him up the ass to get him back to where we want to be. Because that's what you want, right? You want competition. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got two solid left-backs. Like, fantastic. I did just want to touch on Tavares because I think he deserves a shout from all three of us, really. Mm. Um, I think it, it, what I really liked about him is when we first saw him, his first couple of games, I think pre-season and whatnot, he looked properly raw and all he wanted to do was bomb down the left wing and be in the attacking third. Not in the attack, not even just their half, the actual attacking third. Um, but I thought today was a real sort of very mature performance from him. I think he chose when to go forward really, really well. Mm. Um, and he was very sensible. Um, we were under the cosh a lot of that second half, but he he wasn't e too eager to get forward. I thought that was a real, maybe not a coming-of-age performance, but it showed a real sign of him maturing, I felt. Um, so I really wanted to touch on that. And Steve, you're absolutely spot on. It will raise Tierney's level, because if he's not guaranteed a spot in the lineup. Um, they're, they're both vying for a position. Healthy competition only means we get a great player at left back, whichever one it is that's chosen. That's only a good thing. And it kind of then also leads, I don't mean to touch on it too much, but the Saliba situation. When mm. Saliba comes back in, we're going to have three quality centre-backs and that's going to push them all to be at their best. And that's a really good thing. It doesn't matter which, of the, which two of the three we have, they're all going to play well because they're both vying for their positions. Um, and I think we're slowly starting to to build that throughout the squad. Smith Rowe and Erdegaard, they've got they're pushing one another. Smith Rowe's goal, um, he, he's getting goals now. That was a four in seven, something like that. And um, but the, but the Tavares situation, I mean, is sort of a little bit symptomatic of what I'm starting to see in all sorts of places. The centre back situation, Ram is probably pushing Ramsdale to be as class as he is. And Leno had a good game against Leeds, let's not forget. Yeah. So, so all over the pitch, that the, the Tavares situation is kind of symptomatic of, I felt like what's happening all over the pitch. And and then, yeah, leading this on to Ramsdale, I mean, to have the, you, you talked about his wrist strength, but I know he does a little flick. When, you, when you're in that spot and you're really at full stretch, you've got to flick your wrist um, to get as much purchase on the ball and change it as best you can. Mm. That's not easy to have the presence of mind to do that mid-air at mm. that speed. And that was, it was sensational. And then the presence of mind to get back up and not give, I think it was Evans, an yeah. easy tap-in. He squeezed the space and boy, does he earn his luck. Like that could have mm. easily ricocheted and gone straight in off his arse. But he earned his luck. He really earned his luck there. And yeah, phenomenal. I think there are days like that, though. If you look at Leicester's chances, you know, there, there was a few times where they kind of, you know, 
Uh, there was a header in, in the second half and there was that shot that went wide. And, you know, these things happen in football. You know, the, how, how many games do we have where, we, you know, you, should, you look at it and think, oh, we should have scored there. You know, it goes it goes both ways. Um, but no, Ramsdale was, was exceptional. How it didn't go in, watching the, I watched it back about three or four times. You're thinking, how has that not gone in? Mm. Um, but sometimes, you know, the luck is, you know, in your favour and, and we'll take it all day long. Apart from Tierney, obviously, because, you know, you, you could say, you know, you could sort of argue that. Um, is this our strongest eleven? As it stands, yes. I think again, when we, when you're at the elite level of the game, you need more than just to start an eleven. Um, you need you need a handful of you know players that are on the cusp as well that can come in. Like we've just talked about, you know, mm. Tavares coming in and you know raising that level. He wouldn't have been anybody's starting eleven or strongest starting eleven. Um, at the start of the season, we didn't, you know, it was an unknown entity for us, for most of us. So I think, you know, I do, I do lean, you know, again, we spoke about this before we came on the pod, Stephen, it's, you know, merit over uh, experience. I think sometimes you do need to lean into that because, you know, I think when you're at any level, actually, when you're playing football, if you've got confidence, that really comes out in your game. I think that's what's showing for us at the minute. And there's, it's not just the confidence. I think what's also really pleasing about this Arsenal side, and I think it's something we're all getting behind is, this togetherness um, that we're starting to see on the pitch. And like, you know, these are the things that we talk about as fans that stats can't tell you. Um, this is what you see with your eyes. And it's, you know, it's lads backing each other up and it's all the high, I know, you know, it sounds cliche, but, you know, high fives and, you know, the fist pumps after a good block or a good defensive challenge. You know, the lads are really coming together and there does seem to be a good bit of structure in this side. And yeah, I think if you're just looking at, purely on you know current form i think yeah this is our strongest uh starting lineup but it's also the best setup um and the best structure for the for the players that we've got to pick from because look again go back to the start of the season lacazette wouldn't be in most of our starting 11s the guys earned his place and i think he's made such a difference um and one of the things you know there aren't many negatives from yesterday but one of the things that did irk me a little bit whilst watching the game was when he came off, which he inevitably does around the hour mark, you know, Odegaard came on and I really wanted, you know, because one of the things that Lacazette is doing well is that pressure and that getting stuck in and, you know, having that fight. And when Odegaard come on, something that I thought he's done quite well in the past is, you know, he, he does press very well. He's got great energy. Wasn't quite at the level I would expect when you're not in the starting 11 yesterday and when you come on to replace someone who's basically taken your place the last few weeks. Let's not forget. Um, I just wanted to see a little bit more from him, but I think, you know, yeah, going back to your question, this, as it stands, this is a lineup I wouldn't be changing unless something drastic happened. Liam? Yeah, it's going to sound weird coming from me because I'm not his biggest fan, but I think there's possibly a case for Xhaka to come back in. I just think when we're so under the cot, one mm. thing that's really quite invaluable and he is absolutely phenomenal at is buying fouls. When we're under the cot, uh, like we were against Leicester, sometimes you've just got to slow the game down to try and swing momentum back in your favour. Mm. Jack is a bit slow on the ball at times and it frustrates me, but he is incredible at buying fouls and free kicks when we're under pressure in our own half. Sometimes I feel like we could do with that break. And there were a couple of moments when I thought, crikey, we need to break this wave here. So mm. I think around the 55 to sort of 65 minute mark, we were struggling um, mm. and we were indebted to Ramsdale a bit. So I think there's a case to be made for Xhaka. And I think that means you can then also bring Erdegaard back in. Because I think we need Lacazette's experience and sort of, mm. um, I don't know how to describe it other than like, um, a man, basically, like Erdegaard's still a, a young 22-year-old and he's got Lukonga behind him, who's a young 21-year-old. 20, mm. So I think there's a case to be made for Xhaka to come back in and then you can possibly fit in Erdegaard as well. I think that might be the only tweak, besides Tavares T anything, but that might be about it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's a, a solid point because, yeah, you, it's mad, isn't it? You come off, you know, you're so buzzing after yesterday. The Granite Jack is kind of out of my mind for the first time in a while, which is also quite pleasant, even though he's been doing quite well for us of late. But I think, yeah, Granite Jack is, he buys those fouls. When you're even talking about it, I bet all of us, or even listeners, are just, you can envisage what he does. It's the same thing where he kind of, mm. you know, looks like he's, you know, dallying on the ball a little bit. And then just lets the defender just come into the back of him. He falls on the ball whilst grabbing it at the same time. Uh, you see it every match, at least three or four times. 
as I'm thinking about it, actually, it might even be, maybe he wasn't even a, a starting 11 player. Actually, maybe bringing him on on the bench, having him on the bench, an hour's played, bring Lukonga off, who's done his job, bring Xhaka on to help us turn the tide. So mm. maybe it's not starting 11 change, as I'm just thinking out loud now, but th- there's a case to be made for Xhaka being in the teams. So Sorry, Steve, just before you come back in there, sorry, it's just one of those things that like we were just saying, it's just, even as this conversation is just flowing, it's just great to see that, there's competition just developing throughout the whole the whole squad, uh, which, like we said earlier, can only can only help us in the long in the long term. So, yeah. So I was, I was going to touch on the midfield. Obviously, listen, I, I agree with both of you. Um, this the thing is, you're only as good as what you what's available to you. And although I think I speak for many Arsenal fans that we we would like, you know, um, someone we would like to see Jacka go. You know, let's be honest, you know, he's been in the club a long time. I think in the summer we were sort of hoping for that he would go and we would bring someone new in. He stayed, you know, so we have to accept that. Um, and I think there are games we do miss him. And I'm not his biggest fan at all because we know what he's like. You know, he, he's, he draws you in with a great performance. You're like, oh, he's quality. And then he does such stupid and you think, oh, for mm. God's sake, here we go again. Mm. Um, but you have to use what's available to you. So I think... There is there is a debate that you know if, if he's fit he goes back in the team and I think really he would go back in if he's if he's if he's been fit he's in that team he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet I think Arteta highly rates him um, mm. but no like you said it's competition and um, it's exciting and that's 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 nine games unbeaten now in all competitions mm. which I think is very impressive especially as you look at the goals conceded you know we don't we don't score many goals and I think that's why Lacazette is in that team because I think with, with Lacazette. It gives us that right balance. We create a lot more chances. We look, we look a lot more dangerous. Interesting what you said about Odegaard, uh, Calvin. I, I completely agree with him, uh, with you on that. I think he's very underwhelming. And it just, I don't want to say I'm worried, but you do sort of feel like, you know, you've come off the bench. This is your opportunity. And mm. it's just a bit underwhelming. Uh, same with Pepe. I thought he was pretty poor. He came on for like last 10 minutes. You know, he didn't, he was very sideways. Um, mm. Very frustrating. Very Pepe. <laughs> Very Pepe. Yeah, I mean, look, the Odegaard thing, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not overly concerned just yet, but it just, you know, it's little things like that that you look for um, at that level, and it's just, I want you to be hungry. Like we're seeing with, you know, the competition developing throughout the, the squad, and it was just, yeah, you know, I know he's at, you know, he's coming up to a year now at the club, I guess. Um, so it's, you know, he's still got that little bit of leeway. I think, you know, it's still another exploratory season for him where he's still technically finding his feet in the English league. And I've seen enough from him, you know, within that year to think, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of potential there for him to be very, very good. Not to compare the two. I think we, you know, I've said it before, but he just does have a very similar technique, running style, passing style to Mesut Ozil. Um, you just, again, like any, any uh, you know, footballer at that level, you just want to see a bit more consistency in their, in their, in their game. And I think look, that, and I say, look, it will come in time. Like I know it's going to happen, but you know, I'd like to think that that will come in time. Um, but yeah, we should have called this podcast consistent, consistently Arsenal, because the amount of times the three of us talk about consistency—that's all we want, though. Consistency isn't it? <laughs> yeah. and um, not on reflection. Uh, what's the word we always say? Um, in hindsight. In hindsight, the consistent, consistently hindsight Arsenal podcast. Mm. <laughs> um, before we move on to. Consistent. Before we move on to Leeds, any any other notable mentions that you guys want to talk about? Um, I thought Aubameyang deserves a shout. I thought he worked very, very hard for the cause and he had a couple of half chances that he nearly managed to squeeze over the line. Um, and I thought his performance could go under the radar but and deserves a shout. Yeah, he was very unlucky in the second half. Um, I think it was Aubameyang. It dropped from the corner. Yeah. How, yeah that that was get, one. how that didn't go in? Schmeichel, very good goalkeeper. <laughs> Just good reaction um, to the defeat. Yeah, I'm sure he had one in the first half as well at 2-0. I think he might have, if I remember rightly. But he had a couple of half chances. He, on another day, might have gone in with a, a, a different goalkeeper. But off the ball, he works his nuts off. Um, it, it it might go under the radar, Just I just wanted to give him a shout. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's a... It's a, it's, a, it's a valid shout um, you know, just because he hasn't gotten the goal scoring headlines I think one of the things that we've definitely noticed this season in Aubameyang is not this season full stop but I think over the last number of weeks maybe during this nine game run his work ethic's really really improved um, you know he is our captain we've had this discussion before I'm not a big fan of strikers being captains 
but when you are and you've got that armband on you know on on, on your arm it's you lead by example um and i think he's doing that very well at the minute um and long may that continue the goals will come hopefully um and so yeah i mean well bamiang's he's doing a good job up there and you, you know, Lacazette deserves just another small mention because I do think he really connects this side uh, in the final third, which is something we really missed earlier this season when we were blunt going forward. I think, you know, huge kudos to him for what he does to this team when he comes in and how he can bring in, you know, really connect the the attack with the defence. It's been a massive help I and mean, we can all see it. So looking back to Leeds, um, if, if anyone can remember it, because it feels like a lifetime ago now, um, we, we managed to get through to the semi-final no quarter-finals right or semi-finals quarters. quarters was that the quarters and now we no that was going in 16 okay, now we're into quarters in Sunderland so you got what an easy like, draw that by the way yeah, the easiest fantastic. draw we could have asked for and it had a lot Sunderland at home um, so hopefully we'll go to the semis uh, touch wood um, we made nine changes before the game you know we, we had a conversation and I, I said I thought we should go strong you guys sort of disagreed on the fence um and there was a lot of talk before the game that we were going to go strong. Mm. And we, wow. You look at the lineup, I've got it here. Went Leno, Cedric White, Holden, Kazanach, Schmidt and Niles, Alneni, Pepe, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, and Ketia. So you could say there's a lot of experience in there. Um, mm. It wasn't a classic performance, but we did enough. Um, Rob Holden got the goal after, was it like 23 seconds or something like that? I'm not entirely Chambers. sure. Chambers. You know what it is? It's because I've got Rob, I've got um, Rob Holden's hairline on the, on the brain. <laughs> He's a what a remarkable comeback. Twenty three seconds it is twenty three seconds, and then obviously Eddie and Katia, uh did the hard part, and then nearly fluffed his lines. Welcome to you first, uh, Liam. What did you make of, of the game? I missed the first fifteen minutes of the match. I could have sworn kickoff was uh, nine o'clock in here in the Netherlands. It turns out um, I was going to FC Groningen uh, the next day, and it turns out they kicked off at nine, not Arsenal. So I missed the first fifteen. Whoops. Um, the first half, I can't honestly remember at all. It was pretty boring, that very uneventful, it felt like. Um, the second half was kind of the same, minus yeah. the goals. Uh, and, oh, speaking of the first half, I know Leno pulled off uh, a very good save. Mm-hmm. That was probably the most notable moment. And yeah, you touched on it rightly. Uh, Chambers scores... Um, quite well from the corner. I can't remember who it was. It was recycled quite well. It was a, a, Pepe, a corner of coming. Back yeah. Over, yeah. And it was quite good that he's just, he's not trying to bring it down or anything a mm. la Pepe. He's just gone, no, let's keep this up straight back into the danger zone. So that was quite nice to see from Chambers and you could see everyone together going over to celebrate with the uh, set-piece coach and the, with the bench and everyone. So that was very nice to see. Even Ramsdale was over celebrating, which is really nice. <laughs> you can see there's that, there is like, uh, I think Calvin touched on it before, there's, that's, there's such that, there's a real togetherness in this team, mm. which mm. we haven't maybe had for a while. There's been maybe little clicks and it does feel like we are a unit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, yeah, I was, I was actually quite pleased for Eddie to get on the score sheet as well. I thought he'd, he'd had a fairly solid game. Um, he looks like he, he's, I'm not sure, gone to another level, but I think he has upped his game since he looked very good in pre-season and considering a limited amount of minutes, I think he's looked better each game that I've seen of him this season. So I, I, I think... Yeah, overall, it was just a good win, a tuna win over Leeds. Takes through to the next round, job done, no mess. Mm. Easy as that. Calvin, what did you make of it, mate? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit distant in the memory already, but, um, you know, like you said, we spoke around the the lineup. I, I really wanted us to, to make some changes. I didn't expect us to make that many, if I'm completely honest. Never um, content. Wants changes, but then he complains when there's too many. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, because, and I think what that, you know, we buy into keeping that, here comes the word, consistency going and, you know, keeping the form going within within the side. And I think I actually expected Leeds to make more changes than they did. Um, So it's just one of those. They made four changes, yeah. And um, I expected more from them as well, to be honest. But also, I think I said before the game, I think their main focus is the Premier League. They're, they're in a bit of a bow, uh, you know, second season syndrome and all that. So overall, look, underwhelming game. Um, two goals 
I think I'll just call them goals. There was nothing spectacular about them. Eddie's touch was great to go with the keeper, but mother of God, did he try to, to fuck that finish, which was kind of half laughing, you know, whilst he scored it, which is how I felt at the time. But it was one of those games where Liam, I mean, when, you know, you discovered that, you know, the game had already kicked off and you're like, oh, have I missed anything? You know, one of the highlights from the game for me happened in that first 15 minutes. Um because it's it's and I, and I wouldn't have laughed so much if we'd if we'd have lost the game, but you know the ground consuming Pepe um, w- was incredibly funny, and it really reminded me of a, a similar situation that happened to Kiratini in the same part of the pitch last season, where he just lost all bearings and you know capability of how to control his body. I mean, look when you win and you know you see funny things like that, you know you can't help but laugh. But yeah, it was one of those um, games where you know you just. Happy to get through it. Another good win. Um, you know, Leno came in and I thought, you know, he played really well, got man of the match, um, you know, made a good save, looked pretty solid. One thing that was evident, though, was his distribution is nowhere near as good as Aaron Ramsdale's. Um, that's one thing that was very noticeable during the game. On Burnt Leno, though, I think I asked you guys this during the game. And that's, what, what are your thoughts on him just continuing to wear away shirts as goalkeeper shirts? I think I know what this is about. It's a marketing thing. So a guy I know, Tony, who does the uh, Clock and Talk podcast I used to be on, uh, mm. worth checking out, by the way. And he knows a little bit about these sorts of things. And he says it's it's more coming from Adidas and sort of a marketing thing mm. um, more than any than it is anything else. Would make sense. Ish. <laughs> we should, uh, it's, it's something we can actually touch upon when we record our shirt podcast. That's a, that's a nice topic of conversation for you. I don't like mm. it personally. I don't, mm. but I don't like short sleeve golden shirts. Um, anyway, going back to I want to switch on Pepe. Isn't Pepe the most frustrating Arsenal player you ever watch? I find him literally. I just want to bang my head against the desk. I, I was, there was a really great tweet a few weeks ago, and it says um, Pepe dribbles like he's playing red light, green light. That's a Squid Game <laughs> reference. If you haven't watched Squid Game, go and check it out, uh, and you'll understand what I mean. But um, no, it was it was it was um, we did enough, didn't we? I don't know about you guys. Like, do you find like Pepe Martinelli? Like, as much as I, I like Martinelli, they're very predictable when they're on the wings. They always want to cut inside. They never sort of want to drive down the line. And I feel like if we know it, defenders are going to know it. And it and it's it's almost like it's no surprise that mm. there's there's often no final product, and it always sort of falls a bit flat, and they fail to beat their man. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. I mean, I try not to compare the two because they're at very different stages in their careers, but. You know, I'm equally frustrated with them both at the minute. But at the same time, um, obviously, there's, I do feel there's more hope behind Martinelli just on, on what I just said there about being frustrated. But we, we've spoke about this so many times um, on the podcast that Pepe is far more effective on the left-hand side than he is the right. Because like you said, you know, the word predictable is just associated with Pepe at this stage. I know he's got those flashes of brilliance but those flashes of brilliance generally come when he's got a bit of space a bit of time I know he's done a couple of things where you know he's beat his man here and there but when he's on the right he just needs to cut in onto his left foot every single time and like you said you know I haven't watched Squid Game I'm you know I'm one of those strange people that hasn't seen it but I can obviously understand what red light green light means because it's stop go it's stuttery it's you know back and forth it's just with Martinelli though it's I don't know what to make of him just yet. Still very, very young, very raw. Had a really big injury there, was out for a long time. Um, so that's definitely going to hamper his his progression. Because I think, you know, you, you could kind of, if we're going to compare him with anyone, let's compare him with Smith Rowe. Um, in rela- you know, not in relation to how they play, but in relation to how their careers have kind of gone at the start. You know, Smith Rowe actually broke on, you know, broke into our lineup there. Would have been a few seasons ago, uh, two or three years ago. Obviously went on loan, had a bit of an injury, um, which you know really hampered him. Personally, I, I, I do think it would be for the benefit of Martinelli to find a loan club uh, in January. Genuinely, that would be my opinion. Um, I'm sure a lot of people probably disagree with that. But I think he needs some game time um, and he's not getting it at our club at the minute. And that's through no fault of his own, but he doesn't, you're not, you're not putting ahead of anybody in the league at the minute. There's no chance um, if you want us to continue to be consistent um there we go there we, go again. The we should make that a drinking game for, for next next sunday's episode every time you hear consistency or uh, hindsight drink 
That's our go-to. The go-to. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Martinelli, I think, yeah, going, going on loan in the league as well. One, that's one of the things that frustrates me a little bit when we send people out, our players, people, when we send our players on loan is I'd rather see them in the league, um, you know, so I can see them a bit closer to home. It's, they'll get more of a feel for the English game than what they would. You know, it's like Saliba being in Marseille, for example. You know, he's doing really well over there, but I would have still, if you'd give me the choice at the start of the season, I'd prefer to see him at Newcastle or someone like this. I say Newcastle, actually, they're so shit. That could have been, you know, suicidal for him, to be perfectly honest. But you, I guess, you, you know, you understand what I'm trying to say. It's just, I want to be able to see him, Martinelli, develop his game. And I think after being out injured for so long, it's, it's hard to see him, you know, getting any sort of rhythm going in his game at Arsenal as it stands. Yeah. No, I agree with what you're saying. Um, it's a difficult one because we, we, I think we, as a fan base, we all really love him um, mm. and we want it to work. And we we see he's young and we see, he, you know, he has his injury and that's not easy and you've got to take that into consideration. And he's not getting much game time. So it's, mm. you know, I'm not being critical of him when I'm saying, I'm not, you know, he's underwhelming. You know, Pepe's completely different. Pepe plays week in, week out and he's been with the club for three years and he's older and more experienced. So you expect more from him. Um I just think maybe we set the bar too high with Martinelli. You know, at last season, whenever we kind of released the lineup, and he would, everyone's like screaming out for him. Um, personally, I'd like to see him more of a central, central role um, up top, mm. as opposed to out on the wing. Um, Liam, any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, on the comparison between Martinelli and Pepe, you're right. Both do want to cut in. That's that's as obvious to see. But I worry about that less with Martinelli, just because he's so quick and direct. Mm. Pepe, yeah, I know what he wants to do. But half of the uh, half of what makes it so easy to defend against just does it so slowly. Mm. Whereas Martinelli might know what he's going to do, but he does it so quick that he can't really get across quickly enough. It's like Robin. Everyone knows Ryan Robin's going to cut in. He does mm. it so quickly that it didn't matter. Um, on, on where Martinelli is, is, I kind of compare him a little bit to Smith Rowe in his trajectory, actually. I saw somebody um, on Twitter comment, I forget who, but it was basically, um, he's 18 years old, he's come in, lit the world, lit the club on fire, scored mm. 10 goals and four assists. I mean, you don't do that by accident. There is a good player in there, and that's right to get excited about still, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and then he has a lengthy injury. You know, Smith Rowe came in at 18. Right? He didn't score the same amount of goals, but looked brilliant in the Europa League games and whatnot. Then had a long-term injury, then went on loan to Huddersfield. So maybe a loan from Martinelli is good. My only hesitation with that is AFCON coming up and we'll lose Aubameyang and Pepe too. So we might actually need him around for the rest of the season anyway, even mm. if we want to send him on loan. Do we lose Pate? Do we lose Pate as well? Party as well. Yeah, we lose Pate as well. And El Nenny, the mighty El Nenny. Mm, will Lukonga go? Oh, no, he's, sorry. No, that. he's Belgian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, soon as, um, I, so, as soon as the words come out of my mouth, I was like, take it back, take it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take it back. No, um, I... I I do agree with you, mate. Um, that's that off subject. What a stupid time to have a tournament when it interrupts so many leagues. I, I completely agree. It's like you know when you said it, I was like, well, the World Cup's happening in when is it next? Next Christmas, well, next November, isn't it? And it's just like, but the one saving saving grace, which is fucking minimal because it's a ridiculous decision on so many levels. Um, at least, well, actually, I'm pretty sure it will. All league campaigns will come to a halt, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm guessing the like the lower leagues may continue, like League One, League Two. Yeah, just like Not- an international break, it'll just be one big international break. But instead of crap friendlies, it's a World Cup. Anyway, moving on um, for a quick one good, one bad before we round up with on this day. Mm. Um, so one good, one bad. Calvin, what's your one good for this week, mate? One good. So many to choose from, which is always it's great to have options, isn't it? But no, I'm going to have to go with uh, man of the moment, Aaron Ramsdale. Um, not just for the save, but all-round performance and also giving us that wonderful, you know, I was watching it on the telly, but he gave us, and you know, you mentioned it uh, earlier, Steve, but that wonderful little gesture to the Leicester fans, you know, the, the your shit, ah, and the way he joined in with it. <laughs> you know, and it was brilliant because when we were watching, when I was watching, you know, when anybody else who was watching the game at the time, obviously you, you zoomed in on the keeper. So we really saw the whole thing just unravel. And I was just like, again, just audibly, just like, you know, you have a little chuckle to yourself. And it's just great to see that kind of thing. And I love the, 
you know, there's certain other things that we love in football that we don't obviously talk about too often on the podcast, but like shithousery, you know, all that sort of stuff. I love how he, you know, he takes all that banter on the chin. If anything, he thrives off it. You know, you, you don't see too many characters like him around in the game anymore. I think you would have seen a lot more of them growing up in our time, Steve, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just one of the many things I loved about Aaron so yesterday. So he's my one good. What a guy. No, I agree. Liam? Uh, it sounds similar, but I'm actually kind of touching on last week's my one bad. I said uh, not quite getting the clean sheets you deserve. Um, so my one good this week is getting the clean sheets you deserve. Um, both Arsenal, so one with the uh, Ramsdale, absolutely earned his luck. Uh, I think mm. we touched on it earlier that uh, after that incredible save, Evans hits the post and actually rebounds off Ramsdale. Mm. Um doesn't creep over the line though thankfully so it works out for us and you know he earned he, he earned the, the couple that go wide with some of his 1v1 so definitely earned a clean sheet um and I got my first clean sheet of uh, the season lot uh, yesterday as well so I'm quite glad that I chose to go to the game uh, rather than watch Arsenal um I had absolutely nothing to do uh, in complete contrast to Ramsdale <laughs> so yeah the, so, yeah, this, this week for me, clean sheets you deserve. What's yours, Steve? Um, you know, I'm going to go with the, the Arsenal um, away fans yesterday. It was, it was such a great atmosphere in the away and from start to finish. Mm. Um, it eased off a little bit in the second half when we were in the caution, but, but I thought the, fan, the fans were great yesterday. Um, there, there's a real sense of community and togetherness. Um, AFTV were getting their usual stick. Um, mm. But uh, no, it was really good. That was my one good. I thought it was it was so great being at the game yesterday. You know, you, and you've got to appreciate you know those these sorts of days because you know they're not a given. And you know, when everything goes for you and away from home, um, you've absolutely yeah. got to take it, Steve. I couldn't agree more with you because I think you know going into that game, most of us, as much as we want to win, would have happily taken a draw yesterday. Um, so I think yeah, Jesus Christ, enjoy. Calvin, what was your one bad for the week? Yeah, um, hard to think of too many bad things when, cause I don't know what it is, when Arsenal win, life feels good. Um, you know, like yesterday, you just just going on about my day after that result and letting my mind get, you know, letting my mind wander and thinking about the possibilities of Champions League, as you do, why not, right? Um, but my one bad is... Chelsea winning yesterday because that broke what would have been the ultimate uh, weekend when it comes to football results from an Arsenal perspective. So that's my one bad. And also they look quite good. Um, annoyingly. Really, yeah, annoyingly. So they look very good. That fullback of theirs. Reece James. Annoyingly good. Liam, what's your one bad for the week, mate? Is it the guy next door drilling? <laughs> yeah. So sorry, listeners, if you can hear me. Um, there's a lot of drilling going on next door. So hopefully it's not too loud. Uh, my one bad uh, is Spurs because they're just shit and they're bad. So you're saying it's bad, yeah, Spurs are bad. No, I'm just saying Spurs are bad, oh, they're shit. Well, we'll let the listeners make their mind up on this, but mm. yeah, that that's, that's more than one good. That's a really good thing, yeah. Well, it's yeah. a great thing for Arsenal, don't get me wrong, but one bad, well, Spurs, they're bad. That's fair. Yeah, they they are just bad, they're just shit. Just thought I'd mention it. Okay, well, we'll leave that to the listeners to decide. Um, I'm not so sure. Um, my one bad is, I was trying to find the referee's name and I couldn't find it. And I, I believe, was it Johnny Evans? Who literally grappled Aubameyang to the floor yesterday? Oh yeah, really. How, good point. how was that not a red card? Yeah, because what was really annoying about it was later in the day, obviously watched the Man City highlights, and the same thing happened. And I couldn't believe it when I was watching it because I hadn't read anything about it. But at the time of the Arsenal one, I was like, "That's a red card." It's close, but I thought it was a red card. That's a red and card. then watching the highlights of the City game, the same situation happened. Um, Palace player Zaha got pulled down on the turn exactly the same and then the, the Man City player gets sent off so yeah I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, you know, I wasn't going to mention it too much but you know Arsblog wrote about it this morning as well it's just something we complain about all the time isn't it again the word is about to be used but we're going to use it on the I know what's coming the, yeah we want it we want to apply it to the referees as much as Arsenal yeah. so uh, yeah there was a few candidates this week for what my one good um, obviously Tottenham losing I'm, put, I'm going to put it in the right context, Liam. Uh, Tottenham losing, <laughs> City losing, Liverpool blowing a 2 0 lead. Also, Man United getting walloped 5 0 last week is hilarious. And the fact mm. that Ollie's staying a job is also absolutely fabulous. 
So if you can just stay in the job until we play and we've got a fighting chance. So listen, on this day, October 31st, 2009, Arsenal play Tottenham at home. Um, give you a clue, said Sabrias, scores an absolute wildy. We won the game 3-0. But can you name the lineup? This is obviously a pleasurable visit uh, going back in time. I was at this match as well, which makes it extra bit special. It's one of the one of my finer Emirates experiences um, to date. In goal, Arsenal's favourite number one on this podcast, and that's Manuel Almunia. Correct. When are they building this guy a statue? I think uh, like, the Emirates to... should be littered with. We should Almunia be a statue. Statues. Just build a wall and name it Almunia. Saving a penalty or something. That's all he was good just for. Just a wall. <laughs> just build a wall. <laughs> build a wall and call it Almunia. Brilliant. That's a great name for the podcast. Centre backs, Liam. Um, Galas. Galas is correct. Yeah. And he was alongside Thomas Vermaelen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fullbacks, do you want to take one, Liam? I like the sort of balance we've got. It's good. Yeah, there'll be one in and out. I'll take the right side. You take the left. Uh, Sanya? Got to be. Yep. And then uh, Gail Clichy. Yeah. Doing well here, listener. She's a bit boring. (laughs) Uh, It could be getting them wrong at home. This could be entertaining just for themselves, not for us. (laughs) Midfield. Abagas. Yeah, oh. sorry, Still, sorry. <laughs> the easiest one. Yeah, it is. Did Fabregas play that day? I think so. <laughs> uh, we also had Alex Song. Alex Dimitri Song belong. Correct. Sorry about that. Yeah, thanks for the singing. Just went into song form. Yeah, why not? Walcott. Uh, Walcott was not in the team. Uh, Wasn't even on the bench. Oh, hang on. Um, Oh, one of the players who just... Oh, what was his name? Great potential. Oh, um, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi was in the team, correct. So we're mm. just one, one little man now. Giving it a... Giving you a one li- little man. Ah, yeah. oh, Andre. Oh, yeah, Andre Shabin. Um Up front? Take one by all. Nope. Van Persie. Yep. At the double. And then... Bentner? Yes, correct. Yeah. So it was Almunia, Sanya, the Marlin Galas, Clichy Diaby, Fabregas, Song, Archman, Van Persie, Bentner. Uh, Abue came off the bench, as did Ramsdale, and so did Wade. Uh, Ramsdale? Jesus. Yeah. Is he playing for us back then? Ramsdale? Did I say Ramsdale? I say yeah. Ramsey. Uh, it took a while to get back into the starting, <laughs> get, get his uh, turn in the starting lineup. Yeah. esque On the bench, we had Manone. Uh, Senderos, Abue, Gibbs, Nazri, Ramsey, and Eduardo. The butchering of Minone there, by the way, was 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 hard to listen Minone. to. Minone, how, how would you pronounce Minone. it? Minone, Minone, <laughs> That is literally because I, I have no idea. I can't Paul Merson special for us right there. Just don't care. He was that irrelevant. Um, yeah, so I've also got another one. Actually, I've got two for you. So, mm. um, on this day. In 2007, I believe, we beat Sheffield United 3-0 in the League Cup to go to the quarterfinals. Uh, it was aware of Bramwell Lane. So around the similar time. But can you name the lineup? This one, it's around the similar sort of time. I'll go Minone in goal. No, I don't think so. No. Layman? No. 2007. Almunia then. Lucas Fabianski. Oh. oh, I thought that was a bit before him. Okay. This is an interesting one because obviously it's a League Cup, so, you know, mm. it's, it's a little mix. Um, so, at the back? I'm going to go for Juru at centre-half around that time. It's a bit of a weird one. The way, they, the, the way they've actually listed it on here, they've only listed two players in defence. <laughs> so, I'm going to take <laughs> right. a punt. I'm going to take a punt at two of them being in defence. Um, but, no. Who did you say, sorry? Who did I just say? Johan Giroud. No, That's he it. wasn't in the team. Oh, bollocks. Torre? No. Having a right stinger here. This is what this is what the list has signed up for. This is what they are, because they're all shouting it out to us as well. And for, but because it's the League Cup, it's it not necessarily be. a first eleven player. It could be some youngster who's played for us like once. Hmm. Uh like uh Hoyt, one of the Hoyts. Yes, Justin Hoyt. I'll give you that. There was two Hoyts. It was is it Gavin Hoyt? Gavin was the other one. Yeah. But I couldn't Justin Hoyt which. was in the team. He shoots. He scores. Come on, Calvin. 
It's a tricky one. There's, there's one fullback, your left back, you should get. Never quite Gibbs. made it. Yes. Yeah, he didn't ever quite make it, did he? Yeah, that's such a good description. Scored a goal against Spurs, though. That's good enough for me. Yeah. So we've got, I think he's put two midfielders at at the back in this team. They're like defence midfielders. Song? Yeah, Song was in the team. Jesus Christ. Someone else who was mentioned in the last lineup. Diaby? Yeah. It is a weird lineup, to be fair. I know one of the strikers already, because I know, I think I know which game this is. He scored a very, very good goal. Go on. Oh, yeah, Eduardo. yeah. Eduardo, Eduardo yeah. Eduardo was in the team. It, it's listed like, a, well, a t- they've listed like a 2-5-3. <laughs> Danielson played in that game as well. Danielson did, did play in the game, yeah. It's a great shout. Uh, San, did Sandy play a right back? No. Fuck. No, boy. Oh, yeah. It's like getting blood out of a stone, this one, isn't it? Yeah, this one. This one's tricky now. Um, Are they kids? Not really. Do you want to do you, do you, do you ask give the lineup? Because this is painful. Yes, this is this is like I think he's really thrown the spanner away. Look at his little oh. face, how happy he is. He's like, <laughs> can't see this. He's just this sat there a with a sneaky grin. So the lineup is listed goalkeeper Lucas Fabianski. It's got defenders Kieran Gibbs, Justin Hoyt. It's got midfielders Denilson, Lasagna Diera, Diera. I've butchered Diara, Alex Merson's hosting. I know Abu Diaby. And then Walcott, Eduardo, and Bentner. What a mishmash of players that is. What were the midfielders again, sorry? Uh, Denilson, Diara, Silver, Song, Diaby. So I'm guessing he was Diara a midfielder? I don't think he was a defender, was he? Yeah, Diara Diara was a centre mid. He went on to Real Madrid. Was he on loan from Real Madrid at the time? Possibly. He ended up at Portsmouth. Yeah, he went Portsmouth. Very strange. Yeah, really strange career. I think he must have been Song and Diaby at the back. Um... But we won the game. Eduardo scored twice, and uh, and I think Denilson scored as well. There we go. There we go. That was a struggle. Yeah, that really was a struggle. I can't can't deny it. that's really, that's hurt my brain on a Sunday morning. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Didn't so Diara also play for Chelsea at a point? Hmm? Who? Lasana Diara. Didn't he also play for Chelsea? He did indeed. Yeah, he had a really what strange a career. career. <laughs> really strange career. So. I guess it's probably a good time to to wrap up the show, guys. And just before we do, um, I'd just like to point out that we decided to pull the finger out and our podcast is now available on Apple. Uh, for those of you who like to listen to it via that platform, you can now do so. Please do remember to give us a five-star rating. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Um, you know, We really appreciate the time you've taken to listen to this. Also, it makes our lives so much easier when we can discuss a wonderful Arsenal away win. If you want to follow any of us on the social media platforms, you can do so. Steve can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at in the clock end. Myself, I can be found at Twitter at underscore the arse underscore and on Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. Liam can be found on Twitter at Groninguna. Please keep an eye on our social media feeds for the information on the next podcast and when it will be available. But until then, look after yourselves and look after each other. Take care. Goodbye.